think it was like 1030. I went into transition and I just laid on my bed and my husband like would come over and hug me when I asked him to. And then he would bring me sips of water and that kind of stuff. And then I got up and I kneeled at the end of our bed and I could feel the amniotic sac coming out. And so I popped it and it was just such a relief of pressure at that point. And then like two seconds later, her head was starting to come out and I told my mom, started pushing and my mom was like, are you pushing right now? And so they all came over and her head was born in like one contraction. I wasn't even having to push at that point. And then after her head was born, there was just kind of a pause. And my little sister was looking over my shoulder like, I'm going to see. So um, it was really cool. And then the fetal ejection reflex kicked in and I like pushed once and she was out. So that was a really crazy experience. We just picked her up. I picked her up and I held her on my on my bedroom floor and everybody was looking at her and crying. And so it was just, it was an amazing experience. My mother-in-law, she's so funny. She's a naturopathic practitioner and she tells all of her pregnant patients about that. And she cries about it every single time because it really was such a beautiful moment, you know, being surrounded by all these women who love me and who I love. And so, yeah, it was just, it was such a radical different experience. I'm Angela, and you're listening to My Main Birth, a space where we share the real-life stories of families and their unique birth experiences in the beautiful state of Maine. From our state's biggest hospitals to birth center births and home births, every birth story deserves to be heard and celebrated. From the first feelings of pregnancy to the first cry of your newborn, we explore the journey of childbirth in all of its beauty, intensity, and emotion. Whether you're a soon-to-be mom, a seasoned mother, or simply interested in the world of birth, these episodes are for you. As part of my commitment to capturing these incredible moments, I'm proud to offer my birth photography services to families throughout Maine. As an experienced photographer, I'm dedicated to capturing the beauty and emotion of this special moment in your life. And I create a personalized and intimate photo album that you will treasure forever. For all of the information, head over to mymainphoto.com and fill out the form to schedule a call with me. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we dive into the world of childbirth in Maine and discover the joy, strength, and love that is at the heart of every birth story. Today's birth story guest is Kylie. She's going to be sharing her two birth stories with us. The first was in a hospital with care from an obstetrician. Then for her second birth, she chose to have a free birth with only her husband and the closest women in her life there to witness her. Hi, Kylie. Welcome to My Main Birth. Hello. So to get started, will you share a little bit about you and your family? Sure. So we live in Garland with my two girls. One is two and a half and the other one just turned one last week. Um, And we live with our corgi, our seven chickens and our bunny. Nice. So will you tell me about when you found out you were pregnant for the first time and a little bit about like your thoughts and the care that you chose? Sure. So the first time I found out was I was pregnant was Valentine's Day of 2020. And so I was with my then boyfriend of 14 months. And so that was a big surprise for us, for sure. And the care that I chose, I chose a OB in Bangor. That wasn't the route that I was hoping to go, but I was in nursing school. So it was just crazy busy and I didn't have time to think through a lot of that stuff. Right. So 
that's what I chose. What did your care look like throughout your pregnancy? And did you do any testing? Sure. So um, I did, you know, just the routine ultrasounds. And at the time, um, I asked the OB for an alternative at my 24-week appointment for the um, GBS testing. And they would not let me leave the office until I did the actual test. So that was really weird and difficult because I knew what I wanted at that time. And they really fought hard against me. Um, And I also chose not to get any vaccines when I was pregnant. And so for them, they, they fought me so hard on everything. And that was really frustrating for sure. So so what kind of vaccines do they want you to get? The flu shot, right? Um, Tdap, that kind of stuff, just those routine type things. Um, And you know, I just, I chose not to at the time I was in nursing school. So I had to get the flu shot at the beginning of the year, the previous year. So, um, but they let me in nursing school go without it up until I was pregnant. Right. And then the OB was really pushing for me to get those, but I chose not to. So, and they wouldn't let you leave the office. Yeah. So it was, we were in the office. It was me and my husband at the time because, you know, COVID was happening. And so they were all on edge about that. Right. And so we were sitting there and I was like, you know, I'm kind of looking for the alternative, you know, doing the finger prick um, because that's a very common alternative. And they sat me out in the hallway and were like, one second, you need to wait. And so we sat there for probably 25 minutes waiting for somebody to come get us. Finally, somebody came out and was like, you need to come in our office. And they very sternly talked to me about this and were talking down to me and saying, you know, pulling the dead baby card, right? That's one of their favorite cards right there. So it was just a very frustrating experience being at that OB. And then I decided to transfer to Mayo and Dover Foxcroft. They have a DO there. So I was hoping that she would be a little bit more lenient on that stuff. And then when I got over there, I faced the same type of stuff. You know, they fought me like tooth and nail on every decision that I wanted to make. So, but I ended up having my baby there anyway. So, so tell me about your labor and birth. Sure. So I was supposed to be singing with my mom at the Rock and Bank where she's the worship director there. Um, So I was supposed to be singing with her that Sunday morning and I called her and I was like, you know, I'm not feeling super well. So I'm just going to sit it out this weekend. Um, And around 730, my water broke. So we always kind of joked about me going into labor while I was on stage on Sundays. Um, and so my water broke and I just kind of like sat there and just took it all in, you know, like I'm going to labor, you know, just thinking about all that stuff. And my husband was asleep next to me and I kind of shook his shoulder and I said, Hey, Jeremy, I think, I think my water broke, you know, I think we need to start getting ready to head out. And he was like, Oh my word, just go back to sleep. Stop pranking me. Cause I would say that a lot, you know, just to pull his leg a little. Um, and I was like, I'm serious this time. And within like a half a second, he was out of bed, running around the house, throwing things together. He called my mom because I wanted to get a shower. And he was like, no, we have to go now. And I was like, it's going to take hours. It's okay. <laughs> but he was like on the phone with my mom, letting her know. So we drove from Bangor all the way to May, which is about an hour drive. And we got there. I was having zero contractions at the time, but he was just so panicked to get there. And we went upstairs, they got us all checked in and my contractions started to pick up around 2 p.m. Yeah, we were were very excited, but it was definitely a scary experience. I couldn't have my mom or anybody with me during COVID. So that was really difficult, I think, for sure, not having her there with me. But around 8 p.m., I hit transition and, you know, transition is that 
ride or die time, right? And I was eight centimeters dilated. And I was like, I think I need an epidural. And they rushed that in there in like three seconds, you know? So I unfortunately ended up with an epidural, which was not my hopes. But it was really difficult not having an extra support person there, I think, to help me along with um, what my goals for my birth were. And my husband had no idea what to expect. So he was just kind of, you know, just as scared as I was at the time, for sure. But, you know, I had the epidural and the nurses were really great, too. They they kind of, you know, listened to me a lot more than the OBs would. And then around 1130-ish, they were like, okay, I think you're ready to start pushing. And I was like, I'm not ready. I don't feel ready. And they were like, okay, that's fine, which was great. Like they listened to um, what I had to say because I could still feel everything from the waist down. Like it was just numbing the contractions a little bit, which was perfect. So then I pushed for probably an hour and then she was born around, I think it was 1215 and I didn't have any stitches or anything, which was awesome. But they put me on her chest, on my chest, and she was just completely blue. Like there, she was not breathing. She was not crying, nothing. And so that was a really scary moment. And so I'm just rubbing her, patting her back, trying to just stimulate her to breathe. And I was like, she's not breathing. And they're like, no, it's okay, sweetie. She's fine for a minute. And I was like, she's literally not even, you know, moving, just lamp blue on me. And so they took her away and cut her cord sooner than I would want them to, but, and started suctioning her. And then she took a breath and started screaming again. Um, but the whole time my mom was on FaceTime in the corner, we had like propped her up. She was sitting in the parking lot. And so they were just kind of watching me from the parking lot, which was hard for her, I'm sure. But then they placed her on my chest after she was breathing again. And yeah, so that was my first birth story. Wow. So how was your postpartum? It was actually very difficult the first time around. You know, I was in the middle of nursing school, in the middle of COVID, feeling very disconnected from everybody. You know, I had to get through my Zoom classes with a nursing baby at the time. Um, And then I ended up getting having to get my flu shot again because it was that around that time of year um, after. So I had to get it again for nursing school. And that completely wiped out my milk supply. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, I I reacted really weird to it that time. So I was unable to breastfeed again. And I had to pump a little bit too when I was doing my clinicals and everything. Um, so we switched her over to a goat milk formula that I would make. Um, so I was having to make her formula and then, you know, drop her off at my mother-in-law's or at my mom's while I was at my clinicals. So I was, I was very separated from her in the first few months because, you know, the week after I had her, they were like, okay, back in school, you know, get this done. And so I struggled a lot with postpartum depression and anxiety um, because that support system really wasn't there for me. You know, I was a little bit away from my family and it was definitely difficult. So So when did you find out you were pregnant for the second time? So the second time, it was in September, a little bit after my birthday. I had hiked Katahdin with my mother-in-law. And the night before we hiked, I was sleeping in a hammock and... I had a dream about this coyote sniffing underneath me and I'm not super like all dreams have meaning, but this one just felt different to me. And so I looked it up and a lot of times when a coyote is in your dream, it means there's going to be a big change in your life happening. And I was like, interesting. Okay, well, I'll move on. Hiked Katahdin. And then the next week I found out I was pregnant with my second baby. So I was like, oh my word, that that's crazy that that happened, you know? So I chose Mayo the second time in the beginning, um, until 24 weeks, 
you know, I did my ultrasounds just to make every make sure everything was okay. They did my blood work. But the one thing that I didn't love, I asked for them to not do a pap smear. And while she was checking, making sure everything was in the right place, she ended up literally sneaking a pap smear. And that was the last straw for me. I was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. This is ridiculous. And so I went home and I talked to my husband about our options. And we talked about Holly Birth Center, which I love them. They're they're so great. But I was like, that just doesn't feel right for me in this pregnancy right now. So we just did a little bit more talking and thinking and praying about it. And like, you know, I think I want to do a free birth this time. And he was like, um... I don't really feel comfortable with that. And I was like, okay, I need you to just think about it for a little bit. So he thought about it. And the next week he came to me and was like, okay, like, I think I'm at peace with it. You know, it'll be fine. And so that's what we planned on. I ordered a midwife kit, you know, that had all the stuff. I took neonatal resuscitation. So I was very prepared for all of that. You know, a lot of people, when they hear free birth, they think, you know, oh, you're just uneducated going into it, or you're not planning this out, which is completely false. Like, me as a mother, I'm not going to purposely put my baby in danger. You know, I am choosing safety. I'm choosing what feels right for me in this situation. I was very, very, very prepared. So that is amazing. So how was the rest of your pregnancy after you decided to shift into this new birth plan? Yeah. So it was a huge weight off my back, you know, not having to know I have to go in and really fight hard for what I want. You know, I can choose what I want when I want it. And so, you know, there was nothing really eventful that happened in either of my pregnancies, but especially this one, you know, not having to panic every time I would literally have panic attacks before going into the OB, right? Like it was really difficult, you know, being talked down to like that. So yeah, it was just a very relieving to be able to make my own decisions, know that this is the plan that I want and it's going to happen no matter what. So yeah, it was very nice. Now tell me about your labor and birth. Yeah, so um, I went to bed on a Sunday night and I told my husband, I was like, just so you know, I think I'm probably going to have this baby tomorrow. But I just went to sleep. I slept until probably 8.30 in the morning and I woke up to a pretty strong contraction, but they were still like maybe an hour and a half apart that I'd have one that was very noticeable like that. Um, So we just kind of went about our day. I went to my mom's and she made us lunch and we just chatted and hung out. And then um, around 2.30, we came back to my house. We live a mile down the road from my mom now, which is great. Came back to my house and my sisters came to my sisters once 20, once 15. So I was really excited for my 15 year old sister to experience this with me. And then my mother-in-law ended up coming over too, which was great. And so they all came over and just kind of sat with me and they brought their stuff to spend the night just in case. And, you know, we just hung out and then they started to get more intense around 5 p.m. And so we went into my bedroom at the time um, was downstairs and... I just kind of rocked on my birth ball for a while and they would put cold washcloths on my neck and rub my back. And it was just like so peaceful. I had a playlist going on in the background and my little sister, she kept saying, this is so different than what I thought it would be. You know, it's so calm. It's so peaceful. And I I just loved hearing that, you know, because there's so much fear, I think, going into birth, like our our society portrays so much fear in it. And it's not something we should fear as women. You know, our bodies know how to do this. We were made for this, right? And so it was just really nice. Like I got in the shower a couple of times and that was really relieving, you know, just feeling the water in my back. And 
my husband, he was a game changer this time. He prepared, you know, I told him, I was like, watch all these videos. So you know what to expect. And, you know, he did pressure on my hips. He held me like during some really bad contractions during transition, um, you know, prayed with me, encouraged me. It was just really, it was really different than my first time. You know, everything was just peaceful and I knew everybody there was for me and supporting me. So that was, that was huge. And so I think it was like 1030. I went into transition and I just laid on my bed and my husband like would come over and hug me when I asked him to. And then he would, you know, bring me sips of water and that kind of stuff. And then I got up and I kneeled at the end of our bed and I could feel the amniotic sac coming out. And so I popped it and it was just such a relief of pressure at that point. Um, and then like two seconds later, her head was starting to come out and I told my mom, started pushing. And my mom was like, are you pushing right now? And so they all came over and her head was born in like one contraction. I wasn't even having to push at that point. And then after her head was born, there was just kind of a pause. And, you know, my little sister was looking over my shoulder, like, I want to see. So um, it was really cool. And then the fetal ejection reflex kicked in and I like pushed once and she was out, you know. Um, so that was a really crazy experience. So we just picked her up. I picked her up and I held her on my on my bedroom floor and everybody was looking at her and crying. And so it was just, it was an amazing experience. My mother-in-law, she's so funny. She's a naturopathic practitioner and she tells all of her pregnant patients about that. And she cries about it every single time because it really was such a beautiful moment, you know, being surrounded by all these women who love me and who I love. And so, yeah, it was just, it was such a radical different experience than my first birth. So it's so cool. You broke your own water. <laughs> I know. It was such a crazy moment. Yeah. Such an empowering moment for sure. Like, I was like, wow, I can do anything at this point. You know, um, I think, you know, birth should be empowering for women. It shouldn't be something to where you're talked down to about everything, you know. But yeah, that moment where I just like picked her up. Oh, my word. You can't replicate that and anything else, you know? Um, so yeah, it was just a cool experience for sure. So how was your postpartum uh, this time? A million times better. You know, I was at a nursing school. I, I already took my NCLEX, so that was all done, but I breastfed for a long time and, um, she latched within like 30 seconds of being born. It was crazy. Um, so I got to breastfeed and my breastfeeding journey was great. You know, my mom being closer down the street was really helpful. She would come over and take my other daughter on little dates and stuff. So I would just have time to sit and relax. And I really, um, I did a lot of research on like different tribal communities and what they do postpartum, right? And one of the things they said is you need to spend a week in bed and then spend two weeks on the bed and then another week near the bed, right? And so I followed that to a T. I was like, just so you know, I'm not doing any housework. I'm sitting here. I'm healing. I am breastfeeding my baby. It was such a different experience. And I didn't struggle with any anxiety or, or depression. So uh, my second time around was a lot better. Now, do you want to share any resources that were helpful for you when preparing for your free birth and any advice you would give to someone that's considering a free birth? Yeah. So I think my biggest thing is your 
Earth is a marathon, right? So just like a marathon, we need to prepare. We need to prepare our minds. We need to prepare our bodies. We need to be prepared nutritionally because there's so much nutritionally that goes on in your body, right? And that made a huge difference for me, I think, um, the second time around, not dealing with anxiety and depression. So prepare yourself and preparing your partner. That was a huge game changer for me the second time around, having my husband prepared and knowing what to do and knowing how to support me and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then I would say, just have a plan and write it down. Cause if you don't write it down, it's probably not going to come to fruition. And then if you end up for some reason, needing to go to the hospital, you have that plan written down and your husband can advocate, you know, that's something you should teach your husband for sure. So, and I'd say for, if you're planning a free birth, watch millions of videos, like watch all the videos that you can. Um, and you can kind of hear, there was a really great video I watched, um, where this mom literally was giving birth to like her seventh child at home outside. And she was just talking through everything that was happening. And that was really helpful for me. Cause I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, that's why that's happening. Or at one point she was like, I'm standing on my tippy toes right now because I can tell there's a cervical lip in the way. And so that will help get the head. And I was like, how are you talking through this first of all? Um, but that was super helpful to just watch those videos and hear what moms had to say about that kind of stuff. So, yes, I completely agree with all of that. Well, thank you, Kylie, for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And that's the end of another episode of the My Main Birth podcast. Thank you for joining me and listening. I hope that the stories shared here have been inspiring and informative to all of my listeners. If you're looking to capture your own birth story, I highly recommend considering my birth photography services. I'm a professional photographer and I'm very passionate about capturing the raw and emotional moments of the birthing process. And I design a personalized and intimate photo album, creating a beautiful and lasting memory of one of the most special moments of your life. For more information, head over to mymainphoto.com and schedule a call with me. Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to bringing you more amazing birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review, and I'll see you back here again next week.